Simone, congratulations. Thank you for my for my show. No, because you got called out in the in the New York Times last night. Uh, they were, were talking about uh, Vox getting together with New York Magazine, and they called Vox a purveyor of lowbrow and highbrow humor. So <laughs> I figure nice. you're one of those. I'm, I'm sometimes not sure which, but actually, I know you're one of them. I don't yes. know if you've seen a picture of me recently, but I'm both brows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are both brows. And and uh, uh, contrary to what Simone said, I am not Pam Wazerstein. Yes, uh, uh, Literally. You are. Okay, so yes, context, you listeners, yes. folks. Um, last night it was announced that in a stock merger, Vox Media is acquiring New York Media, which runs Vulture, The Cut, uh, New York Magazine, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of awesome. Um, I think on the Vox side, I mean, I personally, speaking only for myself as a Simone de Rochefort, a human being not associated with Vox, I think it's dope. Um, <laughs> but of course, because it's media Twitter, there was a, I understand totally if I were on the New York Media side, I'd be like, what the is happening. <laughs> so uh, any listeners who work for New York Media, we're going to be good buddies. It's, <laughs> I, I feel like, it feels like my dad is getting remarried. Like, totally. You're totally, you're, and he, you're totally getting, is my stepmom now. Yeah, you're totally getting a, a new stepmom who's been a really good owner and, and, and like publisher of New York Magazine. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, but we so. have to talk about this part too, Christina, because I'm with Simone. I, uh, you saw the girl with the dragon tattoo movie, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at the end of it where Lizbeth like, uh, d- like dresses up as this rich woman and goes and steals all her money for her bank accounts. I'm just saying you could plausibly do that <laughs> if you wanted to. Because I do think you look a lot alike. Literally, I mean, every time I see this photo of Pam Wasserstein, yeah, I think I it's think, Christina. Oh, Christina yes. posing with my boss, Jim Bankoff. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. What isn't she telling me? So, Christina, <laughs> if you want to come clean, now's the time. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, this episode <laughs> of Rocket, hey, it's Rocket. Welcome to it, is brought to you by <laughs> Hover. And I'm Simone DeRoche for senior video producer at Polygon, VoxMediasPolygon.com. And I'm joined, of course, by Christina Warren, um, CEO and president of Vox Media and New York Media, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so-called cloud senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and media firebrand. <laughs> Fantastic. Hi. Good to talk to you. Yes. Silence. yes. Sorry, the thing we were talking about earlier just hit Twitter, and I'm watching my Twitter meltdown. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> turn it Can off. Can we talk Brie? about it? No, not till no. I get, okay. uh, not till, not till, uh, not till later. Cool. So. <laughs> well, the things that we are talking about tonight, I will tell you, are mm-hmm. uh, a bajillion things from Amazon and some things from Oculus and then some other things about theme parks. And it's going to be an exciting, fun show with nary an apple mention to be found. Yeah. The only thing I will say, if anyone is curious... I very much like my iPhone 11 Pro Max. Oh, oh okay, my God. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about this. I, I'm growing weak, Christina. I was looking at it and thinking, mm-hmm. well, because now we've seen some more pictures come out. So tell me what you think of it. So, okay. Again, like I think everybody has said this in all the reviews. I 1000% agree. If you have a 10S Max and you are not one of those people who has resigned yourself to buying the new phone every year, 
you do not need to upgrade. Uh, the camera is better and it is in some cases substantially better, but I do not think that it is worth one of those things where you're like, I'm going to either sign a new contract or do something else to upgrade this phone. Unless you are the type of person who you do this every year, in which case, hi, you're my people and enjoy (laughs) your new phone. Uh, if you're coming from an iPhone 10, that is harder. Like I would say if you were coming from you know, three years ago. So if you're going back to the the 7, 7 plus, easy to, to say either get the uh, 11 or the 11 Pro. I think that is is a good upgrade. If you're coming even from like the the 8, I think that going for the, the um, 11 is, is a good call. Or if you wanted to upgrade yourself to the 11 Pro, that would be good as well. I think that's, a, I think we're in a good place. I think the camera is good enough, right? I think that there are some good features. If you're coming from the 10, I think it really just depends on are you, do you have the budget and what's the trade-in value you could get for your phone, presuming you're not on some sort of payment plan or or whatever. $400. $400. Okay. In that case, I mean, so you're looking at $800 for the phone. It's a, it's a nice upgrade. If you take a lot of photographs and you especially like to take things in either a low light or at night, I do think that the camera is really good. So here's here's the thing that got me thinking about this. I uh, I was uh, heading down to the Massachusetts uh, State House uh, this week to give testimony about getting corporate money out of politics, and my team wanted to film it. And you know, even having the iPhone 10, uh, it's the, it's still digital zoom, right? Like mm-hmm. it's not that great. Do you think, like, for trying to film campaign events, this would be a worthy upgrade um, just for the I don't- Zoom? No, yeah. because this, you already have the Zoom on the 10. It has the telephoto. So the only thing it's oh, going to be giving telephoto. you... It does okay. have telephoto, yeah. yeah. If you it's do the 2X... Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> if, you do, if you do the 2X, it is giving you the telephoto. What it does give you is it gives you the wide-angle lens, which in yeah. some cases is useful. And it does give you that power if you are doing a lot of video recording where you could presumably record multiple streams at once. If it's just for video stuff, and if you're usually going to be in well-lit areas, you could probably wait another year. But if you are somebody who takes a lot of, of photos in in low light or weird backlighting or whatever, and you've noticed that that's an area that you're really annoyed that the pixel has been better, you know, at least for now, Apple is now better. So I, I think, you know, $400 as a trade-in, the way I would look at it, not to try to tell you to buy a new phone and, and to join me on the other side, you will not get that next year. And so you have to think oh. about... You know, like like this is a good this is a good amount of money. You're gonna be getting peak value. If you're going to trade in, you should do it now. You're gonna get peak value for your phone right now. You're right. And, you're right. And, and, and that would be the thing I would say is is that if you're gonna wait another year, are you gonna get like you might only get two hundred dollars for your phone. And in that case, then you're gonna have to spend another thousand dollars, right? Out of pocket. So it becomes one of those things where I think you could kind of say, Okay, I'll get my four hundred dollars, my rest of what I'm paying is is going to be easier to stomach because next year I'm just going to be annoyed that my trade-in is going to be so low that yeah. I'm going to have to spend more. That's fair. I do think, you know, I mean, I, I'm always going to have a team, you know, and I mean, there's always a reason for me to have extra modern iPhones around, totally. if that makes sense. So yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. I don't point. think that would bother me that much. In fact, I'd like to have a, uh, a redundancy around that would be good. And frankly, there's a guy that works on my team that has, a, that has an Android uh, Galaxy 4. That right. I'm oh, no, just so, so, out to help about. So, yeah, <laughs> right. so, so, so in your case, if you have reasons to pass phones down, although yep. I would say 
another thing to look at would be price out. How much would it cost to get uh, you know, your employee a, a more modern phone? Is that going to be plus or minus $800? And will that phone that you buy him for, if it's under, will that be as good as your iPhone 10? Yeah. So that yeah. would be a thing. That would be the only thing I would consider. But for people who don't have that scenario, I do think that if, if you're on a two-year, if you are thinking about going from two to three years, look at how much your trade-in is. You're never going to get more than that as it's what you get right now. It might not be a bad option if, if you can stomach whatever the difference is. Other than the camera, is there anything uh, you'd like that is worth picking up with this phone? No, uh, I mean I really miss three D uh, uh, um, three D touch like oh. a lot, Christina. Oh, yeah. You had you have to understand what's happening for me right now. I'm slowly logging into T Mobile. I'm crawling across my bed to reach my phone to get my <laughs> access code. I just type it in, and then you're like, I really miss three D touch, and I'm like, oh, oh. I mean, I will say the haptic touch that they've put in, and what's interesting, Simone, if you've upgraded to iOS 13, you can actually see what life is like without 3D touch because they actually disable it. You have to go into the settings and like enable it again. Is that why it's not working? Yes. Oh, that's been driving me bad. Okay, but wait. Bonkers. Do I still have the functionalities that For the most part, yes. For the most part, yes. It does have a haptic feedback. You can press and hold. It's just not that kind of press in where you can do it in maybe every certain circumstance. The biggest thing, and a lot of people have mentioned this, has been, and and if you never use this feature, then this won't matter, has been historically one of the best 3D touch features was that if you were in a text entry thing, you could press and hold on your keyboard and then um, it would create a cursor that you could use to Christina, did they take that out? They didn't, except you have to now use it on the space bar. It only works on the space bar. So you have to memory mold yourself to say, I have to to press and hold on the space bar. And then it will have the same feature, but you can't do it, you know, anywhere like you could before. I see. I see. I th- okay. Okay. So like 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 I would say, if I've you've already updated- upgrade. Also, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to, I'd like to take this moment to address our listeners directly and say, I'm sorry for what I said at the top of the show when I said there would be nary an Apple <laughs> reference to be found. <laughs> I, I am human. I am just like you. I make mistakes. Um, and I've made one now. <laughs> And, and and you know what? This is this is why like our show works. We have the one person. Sometimes Bree joins me, but we have the one idiot we can always count on to get the latest thing. And I can tell you honestly, like, should you upgrade? Yep, yep. I've and you, you're saying that I that. could. I'm saying I think for you, you would. I think you would get a lot out of the upgrade. And I would pay twenty nine seventeen monthly for twenty four months. I, I I think that for you, Simone. Your camera is going to be such a phenomenally better experience. I think you're going to be into it. Yeah, I agree. I think you should. I think for you, Simone, it would be very reasonable. Uh, so listen to listen to the devil on your shoulder that's shaped like Christina. Okay, mm-hmm. but I can't Do go that. further in this because I'd have to choose a color. So I'm just going to leave that for now. And then we can just get on with the rest of our show. So before we go, the other thing, just list time boxes to just a minute. Christina, I got to know what you think of the Sega Genesis Mini. I uh, love it. Really? I am yeah. so disappointed with it. Why? So I I have thoughts about this. So, I mean, I am a really intense contra hardcore player. Okay. Like, like this is one of my favorite games. Um, and I feel like I've been playing the like emulation or versions of it that run at a higher frame rate that when it's emulating the Genesis, like the real original oh, copy of it, it so just you're feels like, it, so it feels off. so slow. Yeah, got it. It got does. It. Um, overall, like I, I feel like 
the selection of the games, as far as ones I really want to play, it's like if they were going to put Streets of Rage 2 there, I wish they put Streets of Rage 1 and Streets I of Rage agree. 3. Um, I wish they put some of the other Sonic games on there. Yeah. Uh, Tetris yeah. is terrible. Yeah. Uh, columns <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I don't totally disagree with that. I, I mean, part of my I love it is I think it's super cute and I got the Japanese little toys I also did buy the six-button controllers. That is a minute, just letting you know. Okay, okay, we'll go quick. Go ahead. Uh, I also got got, like the six-button controllers, so that helps the scenario. What I would say, and I don't know how to compare this, and I might actually buy the Xbox One version to compare it, but I would be curious to compare like the Sega Genesis like like Classics Collection 1 that they came out with for like Xbox last year, and and I think it's probably also available for for PlayStation 4. A lot of the games are the same. I'm curious if those play the same, you know, um, on the Xbox as they do on the the um, the mini. Because if they do, those collections actually it, it addresses your problems. It has all the Sonic games except for three. It has you know Streets of Rage one. Like it has you know a lot of those original things. So yeah, I mean, I I I would definitely say the six button controller is absolutely a worthwhile purchase. The quality of it is just more precise. So anyway, we we have other topics to get to, but uh I I like the Sega, I like the SNES mini and the NES mini much more. I agree with that. I just I but 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 also when we're done now I was not a Sega kid, so in a lot of ways, oh, this so is like this is all new, new for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I, I play, I, yeah, that yeah. was the thing. I played them at friends' houses and my cousins' houses, but I never owned a Genesis. So this oh. is in a lot of ways very much like. And yeah. I think we had. Oh, but I'm moving on. I'm moving on. You know, it's a big day, <laughs> folks. When The Verge has an article that I'm looking at right now called The Top 8 Echo Product Amazon <laughs> announced today, mm-hmm. September 25th. Ah, I want to die. <laughs> So, so many, so many, but in, in, and this is what's interesting is that it's Echo products, but it's uh, also at this point, like Amazon, it's only been like four years since the, the first, or I guess five since they first announced the first one, four since it, you know, came out or whatever, that this is, um, they've integrated Ring, they've integrated Eero, they've integrated like all these things now into that brand, which is kind of impressive. Sorry, go on, Simone. Nope, that was... Pretty much, no, I am actually interested in hearing you finish that thought. I was about to transfer money from my savings to my checking account. There's a lot going on here tonight. I love apps. Okay, so they've announced a whole fleet of products, um, some related to the Echo speakers, some, as Christina said, uh, related to, well, you didn't say, you said ring, but you meant a different Mm -hmm. kind of ring. They've uh, released or announced a smart ring, smart glasses. They're getting on that uh, wireless earbud train yep. um, and j- uh, just a whole lot of speakers and a clock. So I uh, do you does anyone object if I just start kind of at the top of this list? Yeah, go ahead. Please so, go for it. Yeah, let's organize this into speakers. So speakers that they announced of the top eight products that they announced today. We've got Echo Studio, which is a high-end speaker. We've got this third-generation regular Echo speaker. Um, And we've got the Echo Flex, which is a tiny smart speaker. Uh, It's literally like 2 by 8 by 2 by 6. Sorry, 2.8 by 2.6 by 2 inches that plugs into a power socket. Um, These are their home speaker offerings now. (laughs) Oh, so what do you guys think of Amazon offering a high-end speaker? Are they brilliant? They're gunning. Yeah, this is kind of this is kind of where Apple started with their HomePod, mm-hmm. 
Amazon, of course, started with the more middle of the road, like, here is your all-purpose speaker, Echo. Yep. Um, so it does make sense to me for them to say, okay, but here's the next thing. Yeah, what's interesting is I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of two minds of this. Obviously, Apple is going to be hurt by this, obviously. Uh, not that Apple has feelings. been successful to HomePod at all. But um, I'm, I'm really curious with what this does to Sonos. Because, and I say this as somebody who loves my Sonos One and who really thinks that, that the Sonos One is a good product. It is priced exactly the same as this. It also has built-in, um, you know, uh, uh, Echo support. And it also works with Google Assistant. If you want that kind of thing, it also supports uh, AirPlay 2. So it's a little bit more, I guess, uh, robust if you have a, a multi-kind of device ecosystem. But I do look at this and I go, ooh, I wonder what this does to Sonos because um, they're priced the same. And I could see plenty of people who shop primarily Amazon who might not be familiar with Sonos or might not have other things in that ecosystem who are like, yep, this is a nice upgrade. This is going to give me 3D sound. It's going to do all these other things. Dolby Atmos support. Uh, I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because of the ubiquity of Amazon's system. Yeah. That's pretty much my take too. I mean, it's, this is not a product for me. I will never, any of the products we're about to cover here today, I won't buy or work with because of privacy. But for someone invest in the Amazon ecosystem, this is it's it makes sense for them to develop a, you know, a, a HomePod competitor. So it 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 looks solid. And, and I mean I think at this point I would just say to me this reinforces how terribly, 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 terribly priced the HomePod still is. Yep. Because the HomePod, even when they lower the price, it is still three hundred dollars. So Amazon is $200. That's just so much. Yeah, the, the, the studio is 200 like you said. Um, this is absolute madness. <laughs> uh, and I, I think it's worth worth mentioning also, Brie, as you said, I also, of course, will not be purchasing any Amazon products because, one, of privacy, two, because of my ongoing, extremely uh, ineffectual boycott of their products. But <laughs> I will tell you about them because whatever. <laughs> Because it's news. We're a tech podcast. Obviously. What's actually interesting here is that with regards to the privacy thing, this was a big thing where they've introduced this feature where you can say, you know, Amazon keyword. I'm not trying to get anybody's uh, assistance to work. Um, You know, delete what I just said. And they also have, I guess, some different privacy options. It's sort of interesting that Amazon is trying to almost like push back against this narrative of their own making mm-hmm. by making it easier for you to delete things and and to also say, you know, tell me what you heard. So that's sort of interesting. I don't necessarily think that that absolves the company of anything, obviously. And I don't think that for people like you and Brie that that will convince <laughs> them to mm-hmm. let nope. these things in their house. Nope. I think that for those of us who already have these things in our house and are already just kind of like resigned to the fact that all the machines know know all the things... Uh, that certainly is a good thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm not going to say that if, if you are bothered by it, you shouldn't be bothered anymore. I am going to say that if you already have these things in your house, I think it's a good thing that these provisions are there. Maybe we, they should have been there earlier, yeah. but at least they're they're there now, if only because, you know, if the optics has, has forced the engineering efforts. Sure. Makes uh, a lot of sense. Let's move on to another place where Amazon is tackling Apple head-on, which are the Echo Buds. So yeah. wireless earbuds, $129.99. Um, 
which is, as I know from every time I go look at AirPods and think, can I have these? And then I come <laughs> away going, no, I cannot. But, but competitive you should. Pricing. I know. I know that I should. But you know what? I still cannot. Um, <laughs> fair, fair. No, very competitive pricing. Although uh, my friend um, Carissa Bell for Mashable, she was saying that for her small ears, they still felt uncomfortable and she didn't like they charged with micro USB, but she did say that the noise canceling was really good. She said that about that, the Echo Buds? Yes. Oh. Because she, cool. she, she, so she, she was uh, at the Amazon event in Seattle um, today. And so, um, uh, you know, that would be for me, I think, kind of the biggest thing. This is always, I think, the big thing with these types of buds is do they fit your ears? And there are going to be plenty of people who listen to this podcast, plenty of people who are out there who AirPods do not work for them. Mm-hmm. Totally get it. There are also going to be people who I think these types of buds might hurt or pinch. So um, I don't know if, if Amazon will have these in some of their you know storefront places for people to try out, but that would be my one concern. It's interesting, though. Not only are they coming in $40 less or $30 less than um, uh, AirPods, but they have the, they're using Bose noise canceling tech, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Well, here's another thing. You can use them to access Alexa, Siri, and Google Assistant. So I find this interesting because we'd previously seen Amazon uh, with uh, using the Amazon store to kind of block out Chrome in a way that yep. was really, because um, Chrome was competing with the Fire yep. Stick, that was very like, huh, okay. Uh, Chromecast, I should say, not Chrome yes. the browser. Uh, Chrome bro- blocking Chromecast from the Amazon store. Boy, my sentences tonight are garbage. I apologize, but here they're they're very clearly playing the field and being open to. Well, of course, they don't have their own phone, but well, I, I, right. I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Is this is one of those things where if you're going to be on Android, you need to support Google Assistant, and we've seen that from basically anyone not named Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is that they will support Siri and they will support Google Assistant. And obviously, in this case, they really want you to pair it with the, um, uh, you know, um, uh, Alexa app on your phone mm-hmm. and and use it that way to conjure things up. Uh, I'm very curious, once the reviewers get their hands on things, of what the battery implications are of something like that. Oh, uh, to go back real quick to the things I really like about the iPhone 11 Pro uh, Max. Battery life is awesome because the battery is like 25% bigger. But battery life is... Battery life is actually baller. So anyway, but 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 yeah, but I, but I am interested <laughs> wait, in. Wait, it. so the battery life is better? Oh yeah, like oh. massively so. Oh. But, Kill I, me. but I am. But I but I but I am actually curious um, about like what the impact. You know, if you're using all of Amazon's stuff and you have to use one of their apps, you know, so to speak, like what that impact is when you have this Bluetooth low energy thing paired to your phone inside your ear like you know what i mean like i'm curious what that battery life impact is it's yeah it's a lot so i'm just checking on the amount that i'm paying to citizens one for my iphone loan so i can see if it's more or less than what i would pay for the new phone but moving on to the echo frames <laughs> i have yeah. to stop multitasking you guys i just want this new phone so badly no i mean I, we're, we're here for it so the echo frames this is interesting so these are basically smart glasses that aren't that smart so they work with your prescription lenses they looked cute on carissa although she claims that all glasses look cute on her oh, and, well, and that great. has really nothing to do with congratulations the themselves. Carissa. i agree but they look cute um and and they don't like they look kind of weird like when i'm looking at a close-up photo of hers of, of where they plug in and stuff this amazon like they're they're calling it something like it's not quite ready. They're kind of, they're not calling it a beta test, but it's a beta test. It's invitation the interest- only. 
Yes, there we go. And so it's sort of interesting that, um, so the idea would be you have them on, you can hear things. I think it's a similar technology to what Bose has some sunglasses that apparently do the same sort of thing that I've almost bought like four times. But these work with your prescription um, lenses and you can then talk to your glasses and it can do things. But rather than Google Glass, which obviously had a camera and had a screen and whatnot, it doesn't have any of that. Um, I don't know. I'm curious on your thoughts, Bree. like putting aside the fact that you will never own these things, like what do you think of the idea of taking smart glasses and taking the screen aspect and the camera aspect out of it and instead making it kind of like an auditory kind of companion thing? I mean, I love it. Um, and if, uh, you know, if Apple made something like this, I would buy it in a hot second. I'm not sold on this. Um, you know, something really strikes me is when I buy glasses, I always spring for titanium if they're metal because that little bit of a fraction of weight on your nose all day, every day, really makes a difference, right? Mm. So if you're talking about glasses and having to pack a battery pack in there, for your main glasses, and it has the same functionality as a Siri earbud. Um, I mean, I'm I'm interested in it, but I'm not uh, I'm not sold on it. If that makes sense, I think it's an interesting space. Basically, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I'm curious to see what comes out of it because they're there. So they're also offering another product in this similar space, which is the echo loop, which is a smart ring, which basically also means, Hey, Alexa's with you, but she's on your finger. Now Um, this is uh, yet again, another invitation only product that they're offering. And it's basically a button to access Alexa. It'll link to your phone. So it'll vibrate when you get a phone call, but you can also talk to the ring and receive the phone call there, which is kind of cute. <laughs> it is actually kind of cute. I was thinking about like all the really, I really want people to just do a bunch of funny, like either like inspector gadget, like what was it? Wasn't a Dr. Claw. He had like a ring. Oh, it yeah, seemed like it was kind of screaming out for a bajillion TikToks. Completely. And also, like, I want to, like, recreate Austin Powers, like, putting your finger up, you know, and and I don't know. There are just so many things you could do with it. My big thing with this, I have, so we all know I have extremely small wrists. My wrists are so small. This year when I got the, the Apple Watch, I got the Milanese Loop. And um, it comes right up to the edge. So, Ooh. like, it's one of those things where literally, like, the, the watch is, the, the watch band, and it's the small watch band, is almost too big for my wrist. So, my ring size is even smaller. I think my ring size is a four and a half. There is no way this will ever be made oh. in any way that will fit me in any way where it will not just be something that falls off, right? Like there's there's no universe in which this is ever going to happen. Like I'm never going to be able to wear this in any way ever. So I'm just going to have to like live vicariously through other people who do <laughs> funny TikTok memes because it will literally not fit on my fingers. I know that for a fact. But uh, it's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, I think that it's, you know what I like about this, even though I also get that some people are kind of making fun of it or whatnot. Amazon's been doing this for a while. They were doing it with, um, I think it was the Echo Show, which was like the, 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 you know, the camera that kind of could act like the mirror and help you shop and whatnot. Mm-hmm. They really are going after these different form factors and these different ways of accessing their stuff that makes it feel like more natural. They are. Yeah. They correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm about to say something that history might prove I'm wrong on, but I feel like all of this stuff, it does fit into your life. I don't think they've ever released a product that I'm like, ew, that's so embarrassing of them to think that that, that people would want to be associated with that. Besides the fact that they're Amazon and I hate them. Right. 
Um, but like even I mean, I guess we did kind of make fun of the Echo Studio because it was kind of ugly, right? Right. But other than that, you know. No, I mean no, I mean I think that's a good point. Like I think a lot of companies really kind of get in your face in some ways that are not always you're like, eh, I don't want this around. Even the original Echo, it's not the most attractive thing, but especially once they release white versions and they have the dots and other things, mm-hmm. it can kind of blend in with your house, you know? Yeah. You don't feel weird about it. Like, I got one for my mom, which maybe is a terrible thing because I, I put, you know, spies in my mom's house. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but, you know, she feels comfortable talking to it and she feels comfortable getting information from it and she has a good experience with it. It's mm-hmm. not something that she's like, oh, I would never want to be associated with that, right? Yeah, I, I have a bajillion thoughts right now. But um, since you just mentioned the Echo, we'll talk briefly about the Echo Dot because they have the Echo yeah. Dot now that has the clock and it's still 60 bucks. And this for me, like this is the one that I almost slipped and bought for my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Even because f- it's it's so, is so easy to, I think, spend that amount of money for on like babies for a smart speaker for parents especially who Completely. can like chat with it um and this kind of gets into my feelings feelings about amazon hey my brother just got a job <laughs> sorry Yay, i'm receiving all congratu- kinds of text messages stop texting me tristan um is congrats that, tristan yeah it's very cool he had the interview last week um so to gather my thoughts here um, I think it is very cool that Amazon is experimenting with all these different form factors. It is very exciting to see technology being used in these ways. I know they're not like reinventing the wheel here because we've seen smart rings, we've seen smart glasses, whatever. But it is fun and it is interesting and it is cool. I still, at the very end of the day, feel like carrying Amazon, the presence of Amazon around on my person as I go about my day. Um, is inviting a, a privacy invasion that I just can't stomach uh, just because they, at the end of the day, they are a store. They want to sell me things. Um, mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like any other tech comp- company, they profit from having my data and my information, um, my movements, my purchases. So any of these products are not going to be for me at the end of the day. I say, as I explore buying another smartphone, don't at me. No, no, totally. No, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I do think that the dot has been one of their smartest project products. And I think that it's actually interesting. Like Google, you know, Google with the mini and the mini has sold really well. And I actually got a mini last year with my Spotify family plan. And I never wanted a Google assistant, but I mean, I, I, I hooked it up and tried it out but the Dot is a fantastic product. It's a great price. The new design is really cute. The fact that it now has the clock on it, mm-hmm. honestly, if you can get over, like if you don't have the hangups with the privacy stuff, if you feel like you can, you know, turn into their cycle where they will auto-delete things after certain periods of time, or if you're just like, look, if you're like me and you're just like, look, the Borg already knows all this. This is convenient. What a great alarm clock. What a great, like, bedside bedside radio right yeah. like i think about college students which obviously you know it's it's they're such, being marketed it's to anyway a gateway smart speaker and it's perfectly <laughs> priced for that and a yeah. gateway smart speaker i love that it is it is it's oh, great like, and, title <laughs> there you go no but 60 bucks has the clock i think that's really i think it, that's a, that's um because they were getting hurt a little bit i think from the uh, uh google home mini but mm-hmm. i think this is the sort of thing having because the look is a little bit fresher and definitely has kind of that Google home look. 
with that with the clock feature, that's killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Hey, now, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at Hover. Woo-hoo. We're going to talk about them because we like them. We know you love learning about tech, and Hover is a great tech company to talk about. It's the big leap for a ton of entrepreneurs because your business starts with a domain name. Hover has over 300 domain name extensions to choose from. No matter what you want to build, there's a domain name waiting for it. And they have excellent technical support to answer any questions you may have. And they're dedicated to getting you online. What? Not upselling you. Hover also has free who is privacy so the bad guys don't get your information, a clean UI, and monthly sales on popular top-level domains. It's easy to see why Hover's the popular choice for for people starting businesses. Let's go to Hover.com. Y'all, what should my my website be about today? Well, we already bought Scam.town. We already did buy Scam.town. Thank you. Thank you. Christina, do you want to talk about the experience of buying Scam.town? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it actually came from a, a listener. Thank you for almost buying it to redirect to our podcast. We we're going to actually do that because that's smart. But it was, uh, you know, it's a great experience. When you go to hover.com, you can just put in some keywords. If you want to put in the full domain, you can. But you can also just put in keywords and it'll show you all the great things that you can buy. So for instance, if we just wanted, we already know we have scam.town. But if we wanted to to search for other scam-associated domains, um, let's see what uh, what it will tell me. Um, gives me suggestions for other things too, like adjacent things, like scam.online. It's $1,400, but I mean, maybe it's worth it. Scam.tech, that's also a lot, but there's also myscam.com, um, scam, best scam, uh, best dash scam.com, yep. um, scam.computer, that's a good one, uh, scam.network. These are all good things. And yet you just buy it and then, you know, click through, makes it really easy to pay for things. Like Simone said, there's free who is, which is nice. And uh, the process, they don't bug you a whole lot. Like when it's ready to renew, like you get an email and mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, some places like they send you like email after email after email. No, you get like one and they're like, hey, renew this. I love it. Cause you just like type in a thing and then it shows you all the names, all the prices, and then a big plus button. So you can say, oh yeah, I want that. It's so easy. You can buy your domain and start using it today by going to hover.com slash rocket. And by doing that, you can get a 10% discount on all new purchases. So that URL, one more time, is hover.com slash rocket. Make a name for yourself with Hover. Thank you, Hover, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and Relay FM. Yeah, baby. Hey, any final thoughts about... That old Amazon, I know I don't. I, I, I think I just I just want to say I think it's really interesting that they are are moving this to like be a once a year uh, product debut. Uh, that's fun that they promote on Amazon. I think it's a smart move from them. Uh, everything here makes a lot of sense to me, and I'm excited to see it come out. Even though I will never. Ever <laughs> <come> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I would kind of add into because we didn't talk about the products in depth, and we don't need to. But I did think it was really interesting that they integrated Eero and they integrated Ring, not the Ring, but but Ring the doorbell into this presentation. And I think that actually shows. 
I would argue they've done a better job with their acquisitions and integrating them into the same story than Google did with, say, Nest mm-hmm. uh, and and with, um, you know, Dropcam. And those things have, have now, I think, are finally under the Google Home banner, but lived in various places. And it's kind of been a messy, you know, explanation of how they all work together. Whereas this is very clear, you know, you have your, your internet mesh system that can also be, you know, an Alexa receiver. You have your doorbell things and you have your smart speakers and now these you know, smart adjacent accessories, um, whether it's like a, a ring or earbuds or a smart oven, which that still is weird to me, but I yeah, mean, that one is weird. Y'all, yeah. do you think that they regretted it being called ring when they made the ring? Do you think they regretted that the doorbell was a ring and not Amazon bell or Alexa bell when they made the Amazon loop and had to call it loop instead of ring? I, 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 th- I think they regretted that. I think they were like, Damn, why did we spend like a billion dollars or whatever Bezos it was? Jeff was sitting in his tall, tall office looking at a picture of a ring and tears were streaming down his face. And then he crumpled the paper up and threw it across the room. I, that's just a little information that I got on background. Yeah, um, I like that. I so like that. moving on. <laughs> okay. Cool. So uh, VentureBeat has a cool story on Oculus uh, today which is that Facebook has announced that hand and finger recognition will be coming to Oculus Quest, not in a (laughs) hardware update, but in a software update next year. Uh, They say VentureBeat reports that it will launch as an experimental feature and as an SDK for developers in early 2020, which, as you note, is not that far away. Um, the big story here for me is not just that that would be super cool if it had mm-hmm. HoloLens-esque uh, gesture commands, but also how are that it's a software update. It's not additional. There's no additional hardware required. What they're saying is that your Oculus Quest, uh, which we do love, but which obviously has less uh, graphical and uh, just processing capabilities than the Oculus Rift, would be able to see your hands and act based on what they're doing. That's really interesting. It's like, It makes me think that the sensor technologies and the AI stuff must be so good that they can just, that they're like, okay, the cameras in this are good enough and we can pick up the pinpoints well enough that our models work with this, which is really stunning. Good that enough. At this point. Yeah, which is great. I mean, speaking of good enough, they also introduced the, um, the Oculus uh, or announced the Oculus Link so that you can connect your Quest to your PC to play Rift games. So basically your Quest becomes um, a Rift, which mm-hmm. that to me really, really opens up a ton of possibilities for, I think, you know, um, if people were kind of confused of what to get, like this makes you, th- this kind of makes the value prop, I think, for a lot of people who maybe have been worried. And I'm one of the people amongst them who've been kind of worried about like, if I get one of these things, which one do I want? And I don't want to get this quest, which has these great things and, and can be done without being attached to stuff. But I also want to take advantage of these broader libraries that are never going to come to it. Mm-hmm. This kind of gives you the best of both. I'd love to hear both of your thoughts since you both are, are, are you know, um, messing with VR more than me. I mean, VR works. Hand tracking in VR is quirky when you have dedicated hardware for it. Hand tracking is quirky when you have four Oculus sensors hooked up. That's not to say it's not good or workable. It absolutely is, but it's not foolproof. So if you're talking about adding this after the fact with just like, like positional tracking from cameras. I have to tell you, Christina, I have seen 
so many tech demos from cameras that like swear up and down they're going to do mocap without a complicated studio. They're just going to track these little, um, they're going to track your body movements and then you can tie it to a jo- uh, bone-based uh, joint system for animation. Sure. And it never works well. It never works well. That's so fair. If they can make this work uh, cool, especially at the price point, I just think you should really check your expectations. Well, I was going to say, does, that brings up a really good point. Do you think that, I mean, I, I think this is an expectation check thing. Like, I would wonder, and, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I would, I would think that if you are somebody who owns an Oculus Quest and you're getting this feature, your expectation is not going to be the same as someone who gets a Magic Leap or someone who maybe has these separate things. It's almost like you're getting this bonus feature. It works maybe in certain scenarios better than others. It can maybe do big movements, but it's not going to be able to pick up, you know, microscopic or really kind of minute and really specialized, you know, gestures and movements, but it can do some things. And that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, but I think, I think setting expectations, I think that's absolutely right. I think, and, and that's probably how, how Facebook should be positioning it, whether they position it that way or not is unclear, but certainly listeners should be aware that if you get one of these things, you shouldn't expect that it's going to be anything great for all the reasons Bree mentioned. But I do think that it's cool that they feel like they can make it kind of a, an add on, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it speaks well, for me, it speaks better of whatever the next edition of quest will be rather than right. uh, what's happening with this one. Uh, Cause I, I do love the quest as everyone knows, I've spoken very highly of it. I was just playing around with it last weekend. Cause um, my brother was in town and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to show that kid <laughs> the Oculus quest. Cause he's never done VR before. And finally I can just bring this thing home from work and do it in my living room. And then he can experience these games um, and because he is six foot six and has limbs the size of long, long vines, he did punch my ceiling and almost mm. broke some of my furniture <laughs> and also punched my wall. And I feel so sorry, Tristan. Um, I hurt you. But he also had a great time and he said, wow, a lot. So that means the world to me. Um, so. Where was I going with this? The Oculus Quest is absolutely fantastic, but I still, at the end of the day, am more excited for the next edition of this that will have even more graphical fidelity. Um, because, as we know, as you pointed out, the, they're bringing out the Oculus Link now because there are some games that you still need to be tethered to play. Uh, for me, the Oculus Link doesn't change anything because I do not have a high end gaming PC or a PC that can play these games. I never will. Uh, so I think that this is cool. It's certainly a great solution for people who just want a few less cords to deal with um, and who have those games who like already invested in that and are like, man, I could be a little less tethered down. Gosh, why did I invest in this rift? Um, great, great opportunity. So I'm I'm excited about what they're doing. Um, but like you said, my expectations are tempered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I also want to say, in my experience with Oculus, their quote-unquote experimental features end up being pretty well-baked. That's cool. I've... Like their third sensor behind you, uh, that worked pretty much perfectly right out of the box. So, um, check, yeah, check your expectations. Don't expect this to be good as good as standardized hardware. Um, you know, the jumping around when it misses tracking is very disorienting. Uh, but you know, that's a risk you run when you're using cheaper hardware. So, uh, yeah, there it is. 
what what do we think of a uh, Facebook Horizon? They're like yeah. it's like a Roblox like like social space. Like they're creating like a VR social space. They're going to shut down the spaces and the other VR kind of worlds they've had, and they're kind of creating this. It really does seem like a, a Minecraft or a Roblox kind of you know um, immersive VR world. What do we think yeah. of that? I think it's interesting. Uh, I think a lot of people have tried to uh, operate in the space. Second uh, Life is probably the most successful, but you know, PlayStation Home crashed and burned. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like every other iteration Facebook has tried to bring out of this has not uh, yeah. worked super well. Right, like like Facebook Spaces and the Oculus Rooms are both getting shut down for a reason. I, I yeah. imagine not many people didn't use them, but yeah. But Go at on. the same time, it's like, I could think of no time in history where I'd like a break from reality. So maybe it is time <laughs> for the Oasis. You know, I, I've never personally gotten into one of these uh, virtual VR worlds. Oh, wow. I feel like I just turned 80 years old. Um, just because that's how I choose to spend my time. But I am always very interested in the stories that come out of them. And we got some fascinating stories from... Um, Oh my God, what was the one that turned out to be, it It had very interesting cultures, but then also a lot of racism came out of it. I mean, you know, the one with the Ugandan knuckles meme that, yeah. where that happened. Um, yeah. th- there are just all kinds of interesting culture stews that happen in these <laughs> worlds. So I, I am interested to see both how Facebook will handle this new, this new version of that. And also to see just like what, stuff human beings get up to in there all right folks it's time for dessert which is uh christina can you tell us about class action park i sure can i'm super (laughs) excited to tell you about this too so i was never so let me take you back um i guess to where i first learned about this theme park so there was a water park in new jersey in the 80s and the 90s and it was called action park now not now, not none of the three of us grew up in the tri-state area. So, I I'm absolutely Simona's never heard of this unless she heard about like the viral stuff. Bree, I don't know if you'd ever heard of this in passing. Sure have. I thought it was an urban legend. Yeah, I'd never heard of it until I saw this documentary in 2013 about this water park. And Action Park was in New Jersey, and it basically was like a water park, amusement park, whatever that was run by insane people. <laughs> So they would have the most ridiculous water slides and rides and other stuff, and they would look ridiculous, and they would look like you're going to kill yourself. And um, people did actually die over the <gasps> oh, years, no. which is terrible, which is terrible. Uh, people also had concussions and had, you know, like would get scraped up and, you know, teeth would come out. Like really bad things happened. But also the people who went there, if you survived, even if you got a little bit banged up, came out of it with like... This was the most bananas, crazy, insane thing that ever existed. We can't believe this was a thing, but this was real. And it was it was kind of a, yeah, Bree said she thought it was a, an urban legend. Um, it was not. It was a real theme park or, or, or water park. And in 2013, my friend um, Seth Porges um, helped uh, do a documentary. Uh, Mashable at the time, actually, I think, uh, was involved with producing it and, and a number of our staffers at the time even appeared in in the the short and there was like a two-part short that kind of went through the history of this this water park that most of us had never heard of and that went viral and because of that that story uh, um, um, Johnny Knoxville then uh, made a movie that came out last year called Action Point and now Seth along with um he has a, a, a co-director um uh, Chris Charles Scott 
they have are bringing um, a, a feature length documentary about Action Park um, to festivals, and it's called Class Action Park. The trailer is out now. It looks amazing. I can't wait to see this. Uh, you know, whenever it either you know hits VOD or hits the festival circus or, or circuit or whatever, because. I I still because I hadn't ever heard of this like it's still hard for me to wrap my mind my mind around the fact that something like this existed. In the trailer they talk about how there was this water slide that you would go down and it would do like a 360 loop and then you would come out of it. And when people would go in it, like the first couple people that came out, like people were like bloody and people were missing, you know, teeth oh and people were getting God. straightened up. And then they opened up the pipe and yeah, they yep. found like teeth, teeth. inside. Oh yep. my God. Which is insane, right? And then there was like there was this one ride, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like this massive kind of slide where you were on like a sled system and it looked insane. And it was only available briefly. And it was so dangerous that it was one of those things where I think one a park uh, employee used it after hours and, and I, th- I think he ended up dying, which is awful, obviously. Um, but I mean, there was some really, really dangerous stuff. Uh, Sports yeah. Illustrated did um, a, a thing with Johnny Knoxville, um, uh, kind of, and not just him, but some other people looking back at Action Park earlier in the summer. And Johnny Knoxville said that when he was making Action Point, it was more harrowing. And they were literally trying to recreate some of the stuff that was in Action Park. He suffered more concussions and more injuries than he ever experienced in Jackass. <laughs> like, like one of them, when, when they recreated one of the rides, like they had the ambulance waiting, and sure enough, he had like a massive, massive concussion after doing, you know, recreating one of the the rides. Oh no! Which is just, which is just crazy to think about. So I, I can't wait. To, to see this, there was also a lot of weird business scammy stuff involved yes, too, which makes this it even better. Part. Yes. Like, yeah. So, um, uh, we'll have a link to the the trailer in um in the show notes, and I'm gonna also get Simone a link to the uh, the original shorts if you want to see what this is on about. But um, Seth has agreed. He actually did a relay podcast, I think, a number of years ago. I don't remember which one, and talked about Action Park. So some listeners might have already heard some of this stuff. But when they get closer to, to the to the film, you know, kind of doing the rounds, we're gonna have Seth on the pod to talk about it. But I'd love to hear, you know. I've been sort of familiar with this stuff for a few years because I know Seth and I remember, you know, kind of uh, the the original short. But what what was your thought like when you saw this and kind of heard about this ridiculous uh, theme park, uh, water park from another era? So, I mean, growing up in Mississippi, you hear a lot of like you hear a lot of crazy stuff, right? Like all the all the urban legends and stuff. But it's also a place where there's a canoe place you can go along the this river that runs through the middle of the state. And you just rent this canoe for $20. And then there's this rope that goes out over this giant rocky ledge. And you can just let go and drop down 50 feet into rocky water. It's just there. It's Mississippi. There's no rules. There's no like legal thing for that. And everyone there would be hyper attracted to go do that and experience it. So I heard this story and I'm like, that can't be true, but maybe it is. And it turns out to be true. I knew this documentary was going to be big when Frank came in and for completely, he didn't know we were going to cover this today. And he started talking about this documentary. So I'm so psyched to see it. Yeah, it sounds uh, wild. I had never heard about any of this um, because one, I'm not from this coast and two, I'm a baby. Um, But I'm super happy for your friend, Christina, that (laughs) they're making this happen. This is really No, me too. He's been, he's been, this has been a labor of love for him for a really long time. And so, and I know he's wanted to do like a full length thing um, for 
a really I long love it time. I when and people's so- dream projects, when they are able to make them happen. That's so great. Um, I feel that way about Craig Mazin and Chernobyl. Um, anyway, cool. Hey, listen, folks, that's our show this week. Christina, what are you up to this week? Um, so I am, uh, I'm doing some stuff with work. Uh, I've had some, some changes around things with, uh, with my, my job, which have been good, but, but have left me kind of busy. And, uh, I'm also, I'm, so I'm trying to kind of get some, some stuff worked out. I'm also, I'm gonna trying to think what nerdy things I want to accomplish or things I need to buy. I bought everything that I ever need to own like last week. So that's kind of, you know, where I'm at, where I'm like, I I think I'm like, I think I'm like purchased out. So yeah, just, just doing some work stuff. You can check out my videos at a youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Are they Um, lowbrow or highbrow? I mean, usually lowbrow, right? Like, okay, okay. Like last week, you you all you both would have been very happy because I wore my Zelda ninety five shirt. <laughs> so it's, it's the like best the Zelda. It, it, it well, right? But it's you no, know, but it's like the Zelda logo and then Windows ninety five like mashed up together. Oh, that oh. is the nerdiest thing that I've ever heard of. Except maybe the onesie I bought, right? Yeah, except for the freaking onesie you bought. I, I bought a Game Boy onesie for the audience. A Game Monster. Boy color onesie on the front and the back. It's Game Boy. It's it's. I'm going to be really cool on Halloween. You're so cool, Christina. Um, Brianna, what are you up to? Uh, Just running, uh, just enjoying uh, a peaceful campaign with no events whatsoever. No events whatsoever. Seriously, uh, we're at the end of Q3 here. It's a fundraising deadline. I had the most amazing conversation with the Rocket Lister today who donated a ton of money to my campaign. It meant the world to me. So uh, I hope all of our listeners out there will consider supporting my congressional campaign at supportbriana.com. Also, look for me in the news this week. I'm going to be around. You're going to be in, see the me news. in the news. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 So (laughs) I love you so much. Um, Well, I am this week scrolling through the replies to my tweet, what color iPhone 11, which are uh, I just made um, a few minutes ago, half an hour ago. (laughs) Most people Uh, are saying lavender or green. How do you guys feel Mm -hmm. about that? I mean, I think lavender is great, but really? is it not just too plain? I don't know, man. Have, I've never had a purple phone. I know I've never had a purple phone either. Obviously, I'm going to buy a case for it because I'm a delicate yeah. baby. Same. Um, I, need- I had I had I had to order one of the clear cases for my phone, and it hasn't come in yet. And I'm like very afraid of dropping my new, very expensive phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I was leaning towards the yellow before everyone was like lavender or green. Well, if you like the yellow, Simone, get the damn yellow. Yeah. Oh God, you're right. It's Libra season, folks. Um, and that means get the yellow phone. Get the yellow phone. <laughs> if I, I decide I, I don't like it, will I be able to p- trade yes. it in? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll get that Follow yellow. Follow your heart. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the show where you can find us online. I am at Doom Quasar on Twitter, where you can find a tweet from me that was made half an hour ago and tell me what color iPhone 11 I should have bought. Brianna, where can we find you online? <laughs> you can find me at scam.town, hopefully soon. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can also find me at, at Brianna Wu on Twitter. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you can find my campaign at uh, BriannaWooForCongress.com. 
Amazing. Christina, what about you? Well, you can obviously also find me at scam.town. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at film underscore girl, film girl at film underscore girl. And you can find my my work videos at uh, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Awesome. Uh, mine are, of course, also at youtube.com slash polygon. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to this show. We super duper appreciate it. Uh, do please take five minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it with a friend. Both help us find a wider listenership, and that helps, I, I think, make the show better and also, you know, keep the show going. Um, and we really appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that. We'll, of course, be back with you next week. This episode of Rockets is terminated. 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 Terminated.